It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, the people cannot get enough of what's more likely. So we're playing it again as Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com is here. But this time we're opening up the crystal ball and looking deep into the futures of various members of the Toronto Raptors. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopi. Get that garbage out of here. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, August the 8th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube each and every day. Free of charge. It's a wonderful thing. And also, you can come and hang out in our Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description. Come hang out. Lots of off-season talk. Lots of shoe talk lately. Talking about sports cards. We got all sorts of fun stuff going on in the Discord. A great little community we got building around the show. So if you are a listener looking for some pals to talk about the Raptors on the internet with, the link is in the description. Locked On Raptors Discord. Come hang out. All right. Today, we are diving in to another round of What's More Likely, and today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Here to play What's More Likely, the future edition, is our pal Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Big V, I have to ask, there's Instagram videos of LA workouts with all the Raptors coaches. Darko's there, Jama's there, Grady Dick and Scotty Barnes and Jeff Doughton on down the line. Can you feel the rush? <laughs> no. I've, I've watched too many of these clips. I've been tricked by Ben Simmons too many times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is Ben Simmons single-handedly responsible for ruining the off-season muscle watch uh, industry? Yes. Like, he feels like he kind of ruined it for everyone. 100%. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I won't take much away from preseason either. Um, mm-hmm. As you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, going to enjoy everything that's uh, about and around us uh, in August and September. And then Mm -hmm. we'll get to October and we'll we'll start to see what the real stuff is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We're going to dig into some wild hypotheticals on today's show, which feels perfect for this juncture 
of the offseason. Very much in line with, uh, you know, videos of dudes working out and doing dunks and whatnot against coaches who are half-heartedly guarding them. Um, let's uh, let's set up today's show. We're, we're going to dive into three sort of long-term what's more likelies. Uh, this is inspired by Jeff Zylon, who is a listener of the show. He's in the Discord, who noted uh, a really great question after last week's what's more likely regarding Precious Achua, which we'll get to in the last segment of the show. Uh, but it got me thinking of some sort of long long-term future projection what's more likely as we could dig into that would be perfect for the middle of August. So Big V, let's dive on in, shall we? We will start with the big boys, Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. My what's more likely question for you here, Big V, is what's more likely Scotty Barnes makes two All-NBA teams in his career or Pascal Siakam, who already has two All-NBAs under his belt, makes two more All-NBA career or All-NBA nods uh, throughout the rest of his career. I asked that question very poorly, but I think you get the gist. Scotty Barnes, two All-NBAs, or Pascal, two more All-NBAs. What's more likely to you, Big V? Yeah, I thought this was a really, really good question. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, you know, when looking at it from Pascal's perspective, you, you have to factor in that, you know, LeBron is very much, you know, at, at the end of his career that, mm -hmm. you know, Kevin Durant is getting closer to the end. Um, Jimmy Butler doesn't care about making one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you wonder how much legroom that kind of leaves over the next five, six years um, for him to make a couple more. Uh, and then with Scotty, you're pretty much looking at the rest of his career. Um, that being said, I am going to go with Scotty Barnes. Okay. Um, I am probably higher on him, uh, than most. I think this is a question, uh, one part of this question I have kind of thrown at different people about, you know, uh, over under on Scotty making two and a half all NBA teams, mm -hmm. uh, for his career. Um, and so... I will go with the over uh, for Scotty uh, in that case. Uh, and Pascal, you know, I, I think there is a decent chance that he does make a couple more All-NBA teams, just, mm -hmm. again, because of the way things will play out and the tectonic plates uh, at the forward position will shift. Uh, Ooh, geology <laughs> talk. You got me ready and juiced. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish so, I were kidding. I love geology. It's like a weird little fascination of mine. But anyway, that's for another day. We'll save that for the Discord. Yeah. <laughs> Rock so, talk. <laughs> so, yeah, I will, I will uh, probably go with the riskier option and say that Scotty, Scotty gets it done. I like it. I, I think... You know, I don't think you can go wrong with either end of this question. And frankly, I, I asked this question because... I think it is pretty much like a core question to the future of the franchise and the crossroads they seem to find themselves at. Yes, the Pascal trade stuff has died down a little bit. I would expect he's going to start the season with the team. That said, I'm going on vacation next week, so I'm certain that something's going to happen while I'm gone. Uh, Big V will be there to help you fill in the blanks uh, if that does happen, by the way. Um, but yeah, I... It really is sort of like a fundamental question that I think Vasai and Bobby got to be asking themselves here when it comes to Pascal's extension, when it comes to what the shape of this team is down the line. Is it Scotty's team? Is Scotty more of a, you know, is Scotty in himself a sort of number two on a great team, much like we have kind of determined that Pascal Siakam is? 
You could still be an All-NBA player when you're a really good number two, though. And so I would say just because of the runway Scotty has, I would also say it's more likely he gets two All-NBAs. I actually think it's pretty possible that both of these things happen, and that would be very good for the Raptors if Pascal Siakam is still on the team. And if you feel like if you're the Raptors that Pascal Siakam can make two more All-NBAs over the course of the life of his next contract, then to me, the extension question is not even a question. You just give him the extension and you you, you say, hey, awesome, we have a two-time All-NBA player who's maybe going to make more on our team to pair with our potential future multi-time All-NBA player. That feels good to me. Obviously, that decision requires some refiguring of the roster probably down the line, figuring out how to work the spacing. Maybe Pascal becomes a 40% three-point shooter, makes it all easier. We shall see. Um, if that happens, he's going to be much more likely to make those All-NBA teams. But I do think it's uh, it's probably Scotty just by a hair. What are your thoughts on Siakam with All-NBA this year? Uh, obviously, this is a big question for him. He's got the uh, potential Supermax extension looming out there. We haven't heard whether or not he's going to try to gun for that and whether he's going to withhold on the extension this summer. It's easier said than done to turn down 200 million bucks when it's put on the table. I don't think it's been put on the table from all the reporting we've heard. Um, and so where are you at with, with Pascal and his odds of making All-NBA this year? You mentioned sort of the aging out guys. There's also the games limit that you have to have at least 65 games to make All-NBA. He has hit those the last couple of years, even with a couple injuries. And he is very durable, you know, as star players go, considering the burden he carries what are your thoughts on him pushing for All-NBA? Do you think it's possible this season within the context of this team? Yeah, so if you were to look at last season's uh, All-NBA teams and the Ford position, mm -hmm. uh, Giannis and Tatum were first team. Mm -hmm. You figure that's <laughs> going to be the case again. Um, Jimmy Butler and Jalen Brown were second team. Mm -hmm. And then you had Julius Randle and LeBron uh, mm -hmm. on the third team. So I think there is probably some room for uh, debate with Randall. Um, and that's where, you know, you see the potential to him kind of squeeze ahead of that. Uh, mm -hmm. I think LeBron will make an all NBA team again, because uh, I expect the Lakers to win more games than they did last season. He's um, also just going to make all NBA until he retires. I think it's just, <laughs> yeah. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so you think about um, the guys that he would potentially be competing against. Uh, you'd probably say for next season, Kevin Durant is more likely to make the All-NBA than um, yeah. Julius Randle or Pascal. <laughs> uh, Laurie Markkinen might have a good shout um, after the season that he had. We'll see how he uh, comes at it. Um, Anthony Edwards would mm. probably be in the mix. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. missed out, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so he'd probably be in the mix. So, um, and then I, I think the other one that you have to think about is, you know, with the Clippers, how many games do Kawhi and PG play? <laughs> not 65. I can promise you that. It's just not happening. So, it makes me sad. So I, but I, I definitely see it for Kawhi, but mm -hmm. I'd be curious to see how many Paul George plays, right? Sure. Um, yeah. And, so if this is kind of like their their best run at it, right? Um, the, the, the most depressing last dance of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think the competition is going to be pretty stiff. Um, and so 
being consistent with my initial pick, I will say that unfortunately, no, Pascal does not make an all NBA. Oh, you also have to factor in that I, the Raptors probably won't win enough games. There's that. Pascal's going to have the ball less, I would think, this year if they're really trying to funnel this Scotty guard thing into existence. I think that doesn't mean Pascal can't be fantastic because I think he will be. He's going to have plenty of opportunities to run this show on the offense because it's him and Scotty, really, who have the tools to do that if Scotty even has the tools yet. Um, and so he's easily their most credible you know, possession initiator on the roster as it stands right now. He's going to get a ton of runway. Um, I think there's, you know, this is the Pascal Siakam thing, right? He's always going to be in the conversation because he's like somewhere between the 15th and 22nd best player in the NBA. And so when you're in that range, you're always going to be on the fringes of the all-NBA conversation. And yeah, wins will probably have a big part to play. If they come out and win 45 games and surprise everybody, then hey, he's probably making it. But I am dubious that that's going to be a realistic win total for them to attain this year in a pretty loaded Eastern Conference. Or a, not even loaded, just, you know, everyone's kind of all right kind of eastern conference uh we'll come back on the other side we're going to dig into gary trent jr is he a long-term starter or a long-term six man we will get into that in just a sec before we do however got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land and football season is about to kick off which means FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a super bowl winner you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season what an incredible thing that is you pick a team, and then all season long, if they're winning, if you're right, you're going to have yourself some success. I picked the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA championship last season, and I was vindicated, and it would have been awesome if I was also getting these bonus bets every time they won in the regular season because, man, the Nuggets were awesome. You can just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on. Start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on go check them out hey guys it's walker mail host of the locked on hornets podcast and being around sports media and a fan of the hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience what if the seahawks let marshawn run on the one yard line with the super bowl on the line or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in chicago michael in la and made Charles Barkley the first black president. Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Vivek Jacob here. We'll be back tomorrow, by the way, with James Herbert, who's going to join me. I have devised three hoop grids that are Raptors-themed, and we're going to do a little hoop grids-themed episode. I'm not going to spoil the name of the, the like the title of the game that I've come up with because it's terrible, and I want you to wait for it tomorrow. But uh, there will be fun, strained puns. There will be hoop grids. There will be James Herbert testing his medal as maybe the best hoop grid player in all the land uh very excited for that show tomorrow so keep an eye out and it just might be the beginning of a long-standing tradition of playing hoop grids on the show if it works out it could also be a total disaster that's not podcast friendly we'll see uh anyway let's continue on here 
Gary Trent Jr., Big V, the next what's more likely I have for you is what's more likely. We're going way into the future here. Gary Trent Jr. is 24 years old. He's got plenty of years left in the NBA, one would think. My question is, what's more likely, that Gary Trent Jr. starts more than 50% of his remaining career games, or he comes off the bench for more than 50% of his remaining career games? This is basically a question about the spirit of Gary Trent Jr. as a basketball player as a whole. Uh, Where are you coming down on the future of Gary Trent Jr.? Is he a starter or a sixth man? Yeah, I think part of this also comes down to, you know, does he lean towards or not does he lean towards does his career lean towards playing for contenders more mm-hmm. the rest of the way or is he on you know mediocre teams where mm-hmm. you probably just want him to start sure. um and so i think that's where it really gets interesting because there's no real way to predict that um and so it in the spirit of your asking I will say that he probably would be best suited for a six-man role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the way his career will play out, I will say he starts over 50% of his games for the remainder of his career. Hmm. I don't even know where I'm going with this one yet because I have feelings on both sides. Your point about will he be the type of guy who plays for contenders is really well taken. And I think... When I think about the types of guys who are sort of coveted for that fifth starter role on really good teams, I think of Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I think of Danny Green, those types of like recurring main characters in NBA history um, over the last, you know, 10, 15 years for championship level teams. I don't know if Gary Trent Jr. quite passes the defense test to be considered Mm -hmm. a starter on a contending team. That said, his shooting is really good, and you would figure it's only going to get more refined as his career goes forward, and I think he's going to get a head start here with the Raptors, because I would assume he's going to start all the games this season that he's healthy for. Um, I think playing off Scotty Barnes could be really good for him. Historically, he's been excellent playing off of both Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, and so if he's with the Raptors this year, in, and if he's going to extend and be with the Raptors for the coming years, I would expect that they're doing that with the idea of him being a space-providing starter alongside their sort of big playmaking wings. So there's that to consider. I do think, however, that on a really good team, he probably is a six-man. We saw it last year, right? You know, after the acquisition of Yaka Pirtle, it's obviously Gary Trent Jr. who moves to the bench among the starters the Raptors had. I think the fact that his defense is not quite at the level that you want to kind of complete a championship-worthy defensive shell, I I think that's probably where where it it falls, falls apart for me as like a starter on really good teams. This also, you know, let me ask you this. What is your belief that there is any sort of playmaking chops within Gary Trent Jr. as a player, right? Like, this is a big thing. If he can be someone who can make secondary reads and, you know, attack a closeout, make make the reads necessary there to keep offensive possessions moving, that tilts him more towards, like you know, connective starter type as opposed to maybe the shoot first gunner that he kind of feels like he is right now. And when I say shoot first gunner, that is not a pejorative term. I love players who are like that. They just have maybe more utility off the bench against second units. But if there is any playmaking chops there, then that is interesting. 
I don't know if I believe in it with him because he doesn't seem to really like passing very much, but he's also 24, and I probably have been guilty of sort of painting Gary Trent Jr. into a corner a little bit as a player developmentally just because I don't think I see the tools there for him to really expand beyond what he is now as a player, but maybe I'm missing something. Where are you at on the playmaking upside of one Gary Trent Jr.? It's tough to see it, um, but at the same time, when I see a player who is 24 years old, uh, I'm not going to completely rule it out. Sure. Uh, I think, you know, an interesting case study um, is probably when you look at a Serge Ibaka after he came to Toronto, mm-hmm. right? And kind of, he was someone who was used to playing a very specific role in OKC, w- wasn't challenged to grow at all in his time with Orlando, but... Uh, when he came over on on the roll, um, that mid-range, it was always just to shoot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they continually challenged him to like, hey, when you get, get it on the roll, there's that weak side corner, that strong side corner that's open if you look for it, right? And there were definitely plenty of mistakes in trying to get him there uh, and him learning that. But over time, we saw that development, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's a much older player. Sure. And so I wouldn't rule out development for a player. Um, based on what we've seen, it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. So I will say that it's very unlikely. Um, but I think if they really harp uh, on him about it, uh, then, you know, hopefully there is potential uh, for growth in that area. Because, again, this is a guy who's going into like, his age 25 season. There should mm-hmm. be more room to grow beyond just scoring the basketball. Yeah, I would hope so as well. And even if, you know, this isn't to say that if he doesn't become a playmaker that he's a useless player either, right? Because his three-point shooting is always going to play. That's always going to be something you can lean on. Uh, His end-of-clock sort of bailout stuff. You know, Serge Ibaka before the playmaking was still a very useful offensive player because he could just be a trigger man and take shots that, you know, kind of came to him within the flow of the offense. And there's absolutely a place... For Gary Trent Jr., especially in a lineup alongside Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam and Jakob Pertl, three above-average front-court passers, um, there's a world for him to exist without being much of a playmaker. But I will pull up a number here, uh, or a series of numbers, to kind of suggest that it's not exactly trending in the right way for him as a playmaker. Since arriving in Toronto, there's a number on cleaning the glass, assist to usage ratio, uh, which essentially is how often do you get assists for the amount that you have the ball. Uh, these are the percentiles within which he was ranked over the last three years since coming to Toronto. Uh, the third percentile with a 0.29 assist to usage ratio back in his half season after the deadline in Tampa. Uh, The sixth percentile with a 0.41 assist to usage ratio uh, back in 21-22. And then last year, first percentile, literally the bottom of the NBA in assist to usage ratio uh, at 0.38. That's not everything, obviously, uh, but that does tell you how little Gary Tran Jr. is looking to dish when the ball comes to him. Again, there's value in that. But if we're talking about his long-term outlook as a starter or a sixth man, I think that is probably the number that skews me towards thinking he's more likely a sixth man long-term. But uh, I think it could go either way, and we shall see. That's the fun of 24-year-old players is there's a lot of runway left. I will quickly add, Yeah, Gary Trent Jr. is a peak. I don't always pass, but when I do, (laughs) 
It is a snazzy <laughs> as hell, <laughs> fancy, no look, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Put a little, you know, uh, English on it. Yeah. We like it. Uh, it's the Fred Van Vliet best bad finisher at the rim or worst good finisher. Uh, <laughs> Gary Trent Jr., best bad passer or worst good passer, one way or the other. He's not great at passing right now. That's fine. He can gun it, and I'm excited to watch him play off of Scotty and Pascal this year. We'll come back on the other side. We will round it out with a look at Precious Achua and his five-year outlook in the NBA. We'll do that in a moment. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Locked On Blue Jays. Go check out Craig Ballard as he's digging into the Jays, who have won four straight games. Davis Schneider's a sensation. I'm going to be shaving my beard and just going straight mustache, baby. Uh, so be sure to go and uh, check out Locked On Blue Jays as Craig is filling you in on every single day of Blue Jays action. Be sure to go and find it on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube for free. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's round it out here. Precious Achua, long-term outlook to uh, close this thing out. This, again, courtesy our pal Jeff Zylon in the Discord asking, what's more likely? In five years' time, Precious Achua has made an all-star team or he is out of the league entirely? Two very wide ends of the spectrum here. Uh, It's probably going to be in the middle, but that's the beauty of this game. Jeff Zylon with an excellent, excellent Sean Woodley level. What's more likely? Just pat on the back to Jeff. Uh, It's better than anyone I've ever done. What are we talking about? Big V, what's more likely? Precious is an all-star within the next five years, or he is no longer in the NBA? Yeah, I I think he defends too well to not (laughs) it's the tony allen thing it's like this guy can't do anything on offense (laughs) but have you seen him defend it's ridiculous yeah yeah Yeah. so um i i do also think that he just he works too hard Mm -hmm. for the offense to not come along to at least you know um replacement level if that makes Mm -hmm. sense sure um and so so yeah, let's roll the dice on an all-star appearance. <laughs> Pre- precious all-star. No, bad. Couldn't figure it out. I could probably cut that out, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, player players can fluke like one all-star, you know? Um, oh, yeah. I, I just can't see him being out of the league in five years. Mm-hmm. That would be, yeah, that would be pretty devastating to see. Yeah, um, he's only, what, 23 right now. He, I, I he's think, twenty four when the season starts. Yeah. That's right. I think he's just like too athletically gifted to not keep getting shots in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like there are guys who kind of float around, even though maybe they're not excellent, but because they're crazy athletes, they'll just kind of keep on getting jobs and seeing. Hey, maybe we can fix this guy. I think of like KJ McDaniel's, for example, a guy who everyone told me for the longest time was good, actually, but wasn't. But he was a crazy athlete, and so people kept on bringing him in. Um, I, I think Precious is a far more advanced player than KJ McDaniel's. I should say Raptors preseason legend KJ McDaniel's, who will not appear on Ray 
breaking every Raptor, unfortunately, as someone who did not play in a regular season game. A damn shame. He joins the uh, Master P collection of preseason guys who did not make the NBA roster. Anyway, uh, Precious, hmm. All-Star is going to be tough, man. It, yeah. It's, I, I yeah. don't think that is really on the table as far as like the outcomes here. So I will say out of the league is more likely. But I don't think he's going to be out of the league. I, th- I think his defense is going to play. And frankly, I think he's probably going to settle in something like the player that we did see at the end of 21-22. I am optimistic that that level of player is attainable. Someone who can come in and average 11-12 a game, who can actually hit a couple threes, you know, 36-37%, who's going to give you incredible defense. I-, I think just like really nice rotation wing is probably where he ends up. But there is a world in which the offense just never gets sorted out as the as the league kind of continues to tilt more offensively. And maybe the Raptors compile some defensive pieces that make it so you don't have to have Precious on the floor. I do think there's a world in which he, you know, there's a world in which he loses his job like this year to Jalen McDaniels, right? Like that's not out of the question. Mm-hmm. He's going to get paid, I would assume, by the Raptors on his next deal. I don't think it's going to be a lucrative deal necessarily in terms of the standards of today. Um, probably something like the Matisse Thibel deal that he just signed with the Blazers on the offer sheet with the Mavs. What was it, three years, 33 or something like that? That's probably where I see it. Um, and then it's going to be what he does on that contract that kind of determines where his future career goes from there. Um, so I will say out of the league is more likely. I just really can't see the pathway to an all-star right now. What does the pathway to an all-star look like to you? Like how in the next five years does Precious Achua go from the player he is now to an all-star? It feels kind of like climbing K2, but people have done it before. Yeah, he has to hit on everything. Right. Like he has to um, improve his catching ability, his finishing ability. That's probably the biggest thing. Like for a guy his size, he's got to be better at finishing around the basket. Um, mm-hmm. And some of that is decision making too, knowing when to go up with it, when knowing when to just like kick it back out and um, sort of recycle a possession. Right. And so uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing. And then um, the three point shooting has got to come back. That little sample that we saw at the end of 21 22 um with all those pull-up threes that's got to come back um i don't even care about the pull-ups just give me catch and shoots man (laughs) yeah 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 um but yeah in terms of hitting all-star it's got to be all those things yeah it's true Uh, yeah and so uh you know and and heck to hit all-star he's probably got to do all those things and maybe add like a bit of an in-between right Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I can't get to the basket, but I've got this nice little floater now or whatever it may be, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Or hook shot or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to take all of that defensively. He's going to have to consistently be defending uh, opposing teams' best players. And, like, that. we know he can do that. It's just, hey, can you do enough on the offensive end to validate being on the court? And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think both are <clears throat> extremely unlikely. Uh, but if I had to take it swing, a swing at one, I, I'd take a, a swing at the all-star before I took a swing at him being out of the league at age uh, 29. Um, yeah. And so, you know, going back to the conversation we had about Gary Trent Jr. Um, and sort of, hey, does he play for a contender the rest of the way? Or, do, you know, is he playing on like mediocre teams? I think Precious, because of uh, what he offers, is more likely to... Uh, start less games the rest of his career but also be on a contender yeah because of what he offers right Mm -hmm. um and and so and so yeah that's why i don't think he'll be out of the league (laughs) 
Big year for Precious. He's like one of the two or three guys I'm like most intrigued to watch. I, to the all-star thing as well, I think the pathway gets difficult on this team just because you're never going to ask him to run possessions over Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam right now, right? And even if Pascal is gone, I would assume that if you're trading Pascal, you're getting some sort of guard in return or like guard prospect, uh, you know, Kobe Bufkin, whoever, whatever we're talking about, but like someone who's going to demand the ball in their hands more that you are comfortable giving Precious a chew of the ball in his hands. If this question were, what's more likely, Precious makes an all-defense or is out of the league? It's a no-brainer, obviously, all the defense, because he's that good on that end. Um, But, yeah, I I think the all-star, the pathway just doesn't seem like it's there. That's fine. Not everybody's an all-star. You don't have to be a very, very good NBA player. And I think Precious Achua still stands a chance of being a very good, very useful, very productive, and helpful to winning NBA player, which I think is the uh, sort of the, the the thing we're all striving for, really. That's all we can ask for. Big V, this was lovely. Thanks so much for hanging out today, buddy. It was uh, a fun to just fire up the What's More Likely machine once again. Uh, everybody's favorite game. One of my favorite things to play with you. You're such a good sport about it. You give me such compliments on my uh, my questions I pose to you. Makes me feel great <laughs> inside. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Uh just usual stuff uh, that you can look out for on raptors.com. I am doing uh, daily previews currently of the National Bank Open for Sportsnet. So if you're a tennis fan, uh, you can be sure to check that out. Milos Raonic, what a win over Francis Tiafo yesterday. Oh, um, yeah. Keeping the flame burning. Uh, love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, besides that, I mean, kudos to you, man. Like, this is the toughest part. Uh, of having a daily show and you know you, you're putting together awesome content and uh, yeah. i'm sure there's a lot of people <laughs> enjoying it <laughs> listen again when life gives you lemons what do you do so you're doing the best you can <laughs> zest them and put them onto salads i don't know is that what i do with my lemons yeah i always buy lemons and forget to use them i'm really bad with using my lemons um but hey, that's very nice of you to say yeah I, i've been having fun doing the off-season content we're gonna have more of course uh by the way i'm going on vacation at the end of this week and i'll be gone for two weeks and so uh the plan is to have a bunch of pre-canned mailbag episodes we're gonna do a katie one's gonna be out there we'll probably get one with jamar on the books uh i'll just do a couple solo ones and we'll have a canada basketball chat drop next week with Oren Weisfeld as the World Cup draws near. So you have that to look forward to. In the event that some sort of groundbreaking trade happens while I'm away, I will not be coming out of vacation to talk about it, but Big V will be here with Nick Angstadt, the uh, channel manager of the Locked NBA channel. Uh, you've probably seen Nick on this show before. If not, he's very famous on on uh, Dallas Mavericks internet and in Slovenia, apparently. Uh, so you'll have uh, Nick Angstadt filling in for me grilling Vivek about whatever trade goes down and then I'll you know offer my thoughts when I get back from vacation that's the lay of the land for what's coming up here Big V thanks so much buddy we'll talk to you again in a few weeks and uh, that's gonna do it for today subscribe follow rate review etc come hang out in the discord server it's in the the link is in the description so come hang out if the link is expired when you find the episode just ping me with a DM I'll drop you the fresh link as well they expire every 24 hours or something like that Um, so we'd love to see you in the discord Follow on uh, YouTube or subscribe on YouTube. That's always appreciated when you do that as well. We will talk to you again on Wednesday with a Hoop Grid Spectacular with James Herbert. Thanks so much for hanging. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 